Hello, everybody, and welcome to Elsie's Yoga Kula, episode number six. Just in case you are a new listener, the Elsie's Yoga Kula episodes, part of Elsie's Yoga Class Live and Unplugged podcast, are all about community. So this is not a yoga class. There are times when I want to share with you guys more than the few minutes of the intro that I have for the yoga class episodes. So this is where I share some of the feedback that I got that I've gotten from you guys. Plus I answer some questions that I get or anything else that I desire to put out to you. Today's episode has some inspiring feedback from you guys, plus an interview with my Twitter buddy, Scott from Boston, who shares all about his experience going to yoga for the first time ever. Some pretty cool insights from his perspective. This episode is brought to you by the Elsie's Yoga Class podcast app for the iPhone and iPod Touch. You can find it in the iTunes App Store for $3.99. The extra features for this episode, because you get the file, of course, you can listen to every one of my episodes on the podcast app, but the extra features for this episode is a little bit of a snippet of one of my therapy workshops. So it's a little extra video of me talking about what is optimal blueprint. What is optimal blueprint in your you know your in life basically in your but most specifically in your yoga practice. So check it out and I hope you guys enjoy. Nope, you haven't heard from me for a while. My plan was to at least produce two episodes a month. I wanted to get on a, a bi-weekly schedule, aiming towards a weekly schedule. That is my dream still. But alas, at the beginning of June, I began working for the company that I used to work for in a part-time basis. So it sort of snagged some of my time. And as, as you would imagine, I've, I've also been a bit... Um, a bit dry <laughs> when it comes to my teaching. I don't mean that my classes are sucky by any means, but I do try to give you the most cohesive theme-driven focus classes that I can. And although I've recorded quite a few of my classes, I don't feel that they are podcast quality. Hmm. But there will be another class soon, I promise. You may have noticed uh, some of my uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter updates, that is if you keep in touch with me via those mediums, that I posted some updates having to do with subscribing subscribing, and, and resubscribing to my feed. There were some technical difficulties during my migration to a new and improved system over at my hosting company. These were totally unforeseen issues that were not a problem with the company, but a glitch within iTunes. When all of this went down, no one could subscribe nor update their current subscriptions to my podcast. I have built a, a pretty large listener base that up to this moment is about 40,000 strong, if you can believe that. Holy shamoli. The majority of you are quietly participating in the community in the privacy of your own lives, which is the most awesome thing about podcasting. So you don't really have to engage if you don't want to. But I wanted to have a way to let you guys know what steps to take in order to continue to receive my content, or at least to tell you what was going on. The only other way that, that, than iTunes to give you updates is, is via the Facebook fan page that I have. 
And I realized that I needed a better way to communicate with those of you that really do want to know if something goes on or, or I value you guys so much. And so I'm going to very much, very seriously start to build my email list. I promise you, I will not spam you. I will keep my emails to, to you timely, scarce, and meaningful, fully worth your time. Plus, you will get emergency communication from me if something like iTunes disappears from, from the planet happens. So you can sign up to my email list at my Facebook page, and that is at facebook.com slash Elsie's Yoga Kula, or you can come to the website, elsiesyogakula.com, and you can sign up on the sidebar or within the show notes. All right then. Are we ready to begin with some feedback? And here we go from a lovely lady, which I will simply call C, not her real name. My name is C, and I just started listening to your podcast yesterday. I am a personal trainer and have been dancing all of my life. So I love, love, love yoga and everything that comes with it. But my schedule usually doesn't allow me to get to class as often as I would like. That being said, I'm also very, very picky about the classes that I take, especially with yoga because I like finding a strong connection between the physical and the spiritual practice, and a lot of health clubs and studios don't always provide that. Anyways, I had to write to you because I am also a recent college graduate who is struggling to find her way. In the last two yoga sessions you posted, episodes 73 and 74, totally hit the nail on the head for me. I was able to relate to everything you were saying as well as complete the yoga class just by listening. That's a true skill to be able to teach an entire class without visual demonstration. I am so excited that you are offering this and I can't wait to hear more. This is my first time even using a podcast, but I am happy I stumbled upon this one. As a trainer, I really admire your desire and efforts to provide such a great service to your followers. It is extremely generous and much appreciated. I will definitely be supporting your podcast. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, C. I really appreciate that. And I'm glad that, that dude, did you do two classes the first time that you listened to it? Oh, no, you must have done one like yesterday and then the day after. But that's really cool. Thank you so much for writing. I want to tell you about an event that I would attend in a heartbeat if any way possible. I feel such a longing when I see this sort of thing going on. I can't even stand it. I want one of you guys to go so that I could live vicariously through you. And you must send me and email me or call me and send me pictures. That would be awesome. So this event is called Wanderlust Festival. Wanderlust. It's the Wanderlust Festival. And you can find that at wanderlustfestival.com. So... Let me tell you a little bit about Wanderlust. It, it is a one-of-a-kind festival bringing together the world's best yoga teachers and best performers in rock and roll, all in a setting of breathtaking natural beauty. It is a place to relax, unwind, bend, dance, revel, and contemplate. It is a community of like-minded people who share a common set of interests and values. It's a chance to escape the mundane and dwell in the extraordinary. It's healthy hedonism. <laughs> and spiritual exploration. Most of all, it's a long weekend of satisfying stick-to-your-ribs fun. 
So Wanderlust, everybody, takes place uh, July 29th through August 1st, 2010 in Squaw Valley, USA, in North Lake Tahoe. So you guys can go check out um, uh, Wanderlust, the Wanderlust Festival. Now, what's really cool is that Prana. Have you guys heard of the co- of the company Prana? It's one of my favorite companies, my favorite companies. And their uh, Prana has teamed up and they have created, um, they're actually sponsoring a beautiful wellness village within Wanderlust. And then this wellness village, there's body work, massage, energy work, and more um, in a stunning bamboo structure. And they are... This bamboo structure is created by, by created by California near the meditation dome. So it would be really cool if you guys can come check out all of that fancy wellness village stuff. And then there's going to be a whole entire Anusara um, village there. And I can't even stand it. I mean, if you guys go to the website, you're going to see how what it is. I wish we could all go, all of us together to go play. It would be fun. It, it really would. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I want you guys to check out the artwork for this episode. Okay. You see that woman? Go check out the artwork. You got to look. You see that woman? That is a mighty Janet from Arizona. So I met Janet while I was teaching in LA. She came into one of my classes and continued to come back for more. Yay, Janet. <laughs> I believe that um, she and I moved well, not she and I moved, but I believe that she moved to Arizona in around 2006. Um, I'm not sure if you guys remember, but in 2007, I went to Arizona to do a show called Touch the Names for the Arizona Theater Company. And Janet came to see me in the show. We even had the opportunity to sit down and catch up afterwards. So this past week, I received the sweetest gift from her personalized embroidered towels for our whole family. She took the time to make them each match our personalities. I was totally blown away, as was Randy. He didn't even know what to say. You can see a picture of the towels over at the Elsie's Yoga Kula Facebook page at facebook.com, Elsie's Yoga Kula. She also sent me a picture of herself doing Ekahasta Bujasana, or as she called it, elephant pose. After you check out Janet doing that pose, because you've already seen the, sh- the picture that I'm telling you to go look at right now, what I'm about to read to you will kind of make you say, if she can do that, so can I. So here's a little bit about Janet in her own words. Here's Janet from Arizona. The first Monday after Labor Day in 2003, I went to a yoga class at my church. I was 57. I had had a lumbar fusion at 16, six knee surgeries, including the right kneecap, taken out. My head had been cut open three times, and I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. I could not bend over lower than my waist without getting a headache or kneel. I had no sense of balance and very tight quads. For six months, I did yoga once a week at church. Then I started at Yoga Works, going once, then twice a week. In the fall of 2004, I started at the studio where you taught going for four or five days a week. 
I kept improving and feeling much better. In January 2006, I moved to Phoenix and continued yoga at Yoga Studios. I started at the YMCA that summer and found wonderful teachers. I have worked up to seven classes, six days a week, including intermediate yoga, power yoga, and yoga for athletes, which is an hour and five minutes. An hour and five, I mean, an hour and five, an hour and a half. Holy shamoli. I have no headaches, no signs of fibromyalgia, and I am in the best physical shape of my life. At 65, I can keep up. I can keep up with all the 20-year-olds, and my goal is to yoga on my 100th birthday. At 60, I mastered El Pose at the Wall. At 65, I mastered Crow and Firefly. I still have to use the wall to go into tree and get my balance, but once that is done, I am able to hold the pose. I am working on my core to do the pose without assistance. Yoga transformed my life, health, mental attitude, and sense of peace. It is the best thing I have ever done for myself. The picture was taken at True Fit Studio in Fountain Hills, Arizona. The instructor was Paulette Bodeman of Yoga Village, Scottsdale, Arizona. They should be acknowledged. How cool is that? Amazing, don't you think? So um, if you guys have any inspiring stories or any pictures that you would like to share with the Kula, please, please, please send them along. Send them to eyogaclass at gmail.com and I'll share them. And if you want to record them yourself, how about calling 310-651-6238 or perhaps maybe even make a little recording and send it to me. You guys know about Prancing Leopard Organics, don't you? I mean, they have been sponsoring for the past three episodes. I'm actually wearing their lovely jumpsuit today. I love this thing. So it's really warm really muggy and kind of uncomfortable today. And even though my jumpsuit is black, I have to say that it feels very light and airy and not at all sticky. So if you want to know more about this jumpsuit, check out the show notes for a direct link to the review that I did about it. And if you would like to buy anything from Prancing Leopard or Organics, why don't you go on over there and upon checkout, use product code EYK. E-Y-K, and you get 15% off, 15%, 15% off for you guys. All right. So the second half of this interview is an interview with one of my Twitter buddies, Scott from Boston. He and I had a little back and forth regarding, on Twitter, giving yoga uh, a go, and he finally took the plunge. Yeah. In the interview, we chat about his experience. So I hope you enjoy Thank you, Scott, so much for coming and, t- and chatting with me here today. Oh, thanks for having me on. I'm very excited to talk about my experience. I think this was a long time coming. Yes, it was. Can you, before you start with your experience, how about telling us a little bit about yourself so that the audience sort of kind of knows where you're coming from? And um, yeah, that's it. Sure. Well, I'm a native New Yorker. I moved to Massachusetts about three years ago bought a house, been living on my own and all that time. I work for an educational software company based in New York. So I work at home and I don't have a lot of opportunities to uh, work out or sometimes even get out of the house during the week. And in terms of social media, I sort of pride myself on being a podcast guest. 
Um, I do spots on different shows, and I've also written uh, a few years ago. I wrote a pod play, which was a play I wrote for the stage, and I transformed it into sort of an audio or patio play, if you will. That's awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah, very, very, very cool. So, how um, did you? I know that you don't get very much uh, out to play with your body, so to speak. What other fitness things have you tried, or is there anything else that you generally do, or are you basically kind of more sedentary? Unfortunately, I've become a lot more sedentary. My job is demanding in terms of lots of meetings in front of the computer. Right. One thing that I do is I try to take a walk. I have a certain route by my house. It's about two and a half miles. I used to do it every day. Now I do it three times a week at best, and it's a little easier to do now that the weather is better here in New England. It's almost impossible in the winter to go anywhere because of the snow and the ice. Oh, totally. I get it. I totally get it. And plus, even if you were able to go out, you'd be, like, walking really, really slow. <laughs> yeah. I don't even go out sometimes in the rain. You know, if it's, like, a drizzle, I might take an umbrella or just brave it. Uh, a new gym actually opened up down the street. I'm thinking about joining. It's a little expensive. They have a $100 setup fee. Uh-huh. So I'm a little reluctant to join. But when I was in college, uh, I actually did African dance, and I did karate. Ooh. Two very different courses. <laughs> Totally different. I'm a big fan of African dance. Yeah, we did West African dance, oh. and uh, I was one of the few men there, which was uh, similar to my experience in yoga this week. Uh, <laughs> no problems, no complaints with that. But uh, I definitely want to be more active, and I feel like I have good intentions. Right. And maybe I don't have the right mindset or the right motivation. I don't really have like a workout buddy. But uh, I'm so glad I was finally able to convince myself that I was ready and I was, I was willing to try something new. That's so great. So tell us all about it. Also, by, by the way, I'm just going to let everybody in on the, this whole thing because we were talking like everybody knows. So this is the first time that you've gone to a public yoga class. That's right. It's actually the first time I've ever done anything even close to yoga. Okay, great. Fantastic. Yeah. So tell us all about it. All right. Well... I wanted to find a local yoga class that was non-intimidating, that I didn't have to, you know, go every single week or have any kind of real commitment. So I found that at the local church in walking distance, there is uh, a few times a week a yoga class, and it's $8. Nice. I mean, I couldn't say no to that, and I emailed them a few months ago, and I said, I don't have a mat. Do I need one? Do I need any prior experience? And they said... We'll give you a mat for your first class. You don't have to sign up for a month or anything. Just come one of these nights, fill out a form. So for the longest time, I kept delaying, but I did go on Wednesday night for a 7 o'clock class. And I got there, and it was pretty much in an auditorium upstairs in the church, and the room was packed. And when I say packed, I mean there were about 50 people there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was a big class, and the instructor told us. She even said, she's like, this is probably the most people we've ever had. Wow. So that was a little intimidating for me because I was thinking it's my first class, but I was happy there were numbers because I didn't feel like the instructor would come over to me and be like, you're doing this wrong right, or anything like that. But she was actually really, well, I want to say flexible, and I mean that in a few different ways. Mm-hmm. Right. She was very accommodating in that, the class is designed for all skill levels. Mm-hmm. So if you're a beginner, you know, she says, try this. If you're more advanced or you want to be a little more daring or you have more balance or more flexibility, try this. 
And I felt like I was able to keep up a lot of the time. Sometimes I would look around at the room and it was mostly women. It was probably 95% women. There were about three men, including myself. Nice. Um, again, no complaints. Right. And, you know, I was, I was doing things with my body I don't think I've ever done before. And you know what really struck me that I didn't realize, and this is obviously core to yoga, is that it's all about breathing. Right. And, you know, I found most of the time that I was holding my breath and I was not exhaling. <laughs> So I'm standing there, and I'm, like, dying, and I'm like, oh, I should probably breathe out because I'm not mindful of my breaths ever. I breathe, obviously, but I don't think about it. Right. And Wednesday was this really stressful day where I was, like, in and out of meetings all day, and but I wasn't tired. And so that's why, you know, I, I put on my shorts. I walked over there. I had my $8 with me, and, you know, I went over there, and I, I just found it to be very calming, very relaxing. And now three days later, I actually can still feel sore from, like, I think the three or four crunches that I did. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I feel it mostly in my abdomen and in my chest. Like, there's still a little soreness. It's not as bad as it was yesterday or on Thursday. Um, but I definitely felt very, I guess, refreshed would be would be the right feeling right. when when I walked out of that class. I felt, I felt really good. Mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's generally what kept me, you know, when I first started going, and, and the reason I got so into it was that sort of feeling, like, you go to this class, and you do, sometimes you do really awkward, weird things that you've never done before, and you don't feel very good, I guess, sometimes in these shapes, and doing all this stuff, but then, at the end, surprisingly, you come out, and you're like, wow, I sort of feel really good. It was definitely that endorphins rush that I get after I take a long walk. But I think it was more than that, too, because the one thing I did in college that I think was closest to this was that I took a course in meditation and self. Uh And we did meditations once a week. And, you know, there definitely felt like there was some kind of meditation aspect to this. Right. Oh, definitely. And it's challenging because I I haven't been in a class with 50-something people in a long time. And in some ways, it's really great because it does give you the opportunity to sort of be within the group but totally alone and having your own experience, which is really great. And and somehow for me, because I I I actually tend to be pretty shy. and (laughs) and, um, And so whenever I I kind of like wanted to sort of hide, and it was really great because I hid within the group and... I kind of got a chance to play with my body at first in, in, in all these different ways. And then I started craving a little bit more attention. So that in a, in a way that I, I wanted somebody to tell me if I was kind of doing it all right, you know. Sure. Or, because you don't know. You're just sort of making the shapes, right? And, and then it's, it, it's interesting, the dichotomy between that. Because when you get into smaller classes, it does become a little more focused. And somebody can say, like, you know, Scott you know, spread your fingers more or make sure that your back leg is really straight or look at your front knee and, and make sure that it, you don't have it beyond your ankle. And there's like little tiny things that will at times um, make the poses even more efficient for your body and more particularly able to give you like that blissed out kind of feeling, you know. Oh, absolutely. And I was looking around the room and I was seeing and I could tell that there were a lot of people who had done this before. They were extremely flexible. They were just bending all around. But something the instructor kept telling us was do what's comfortable for you. Right. Do what works for you and make this a personal experience. Right. 
And I like that because I don't think I was expecting that. Like, you know, when I took karate or dance, which are two very different things, but, you know, definitely, you know, martial arts are an art form. Um, we were constantly corrected in terms of what you should be doing or this isn't exactly correct or your knees are bent too much. Mm-hmm. Um, here I didn't feel the same kind of pressure. I felt like things were a lot more relaxed, right. which is actually exactly what I was looking for. I was looking for a way to reduce stress and anxiety in a non-medicated manner. Right. Yeah. And it, it absolutely does that. I know that it, th- there, there are ways in which, like, these little poses somehow have a, a little magic behind them because, you know, they've been around for so long that oh, whenever sure. you start to do the poses, a lot of the time you don't really... You know, when I first started practicing also, I didn't really get too much guidance in terms of what to do with my body. I also looked around and just sort of, like, copied shapes. And um, the poses themselves offer the first opening so that your body sort of opens up and then you, you question more, you deepen more, you feel more, you experience more. And that experience is unique to yours. Then you are more able to become more refined so that you can experience even more and then you can start to get specific and that's why the po- that's why the practice never ends so it's not like one day you will get the pose <laughs> oh sure and you'll be done with it you know it's it's a it's a process of constantly deepening and even in the most basic poses um, you constantly get an opportunity to be shown more so the gift, I think, for the beginner is to be able to keep that with you, even as you become more well-learned of the poses themselves or what you go through it and, you know, things like that. So do you have any questions about, uh, for me, or about yoga itself or, or perhaps uh, anything that you encountered during the class or, you know, anything like that? Yeah, I guess my biggest question is, is now that I've gone once, mm-hmm. what should I keep in mind to keep going because I felt like it was a huge step for me to finally go. Right. But now I don't know if I'm going to go back. I mean, I know how much I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but do you have any tips on people for people like you've tried it once, you don't want to just say, okay, I did it, but what's like, what's the way to get people to come back? <laughs> you know what it is? It's interesting because for me, the way that uh, I started to come back was when I found my teacher. You know, when I connected energetically with my teacher, when I clicked with whoever my teacher was, because it's sort of like he sort of revealed himself to me because there were times when I would, you know, go to other people's classes and and I would do it more as like a workout kind of thing. Like I need to go to yoga. I need to stretch out today. And then when I found my teacher, I was able to soften myself a little more and be more of a student so that I... I heard more and it became about more than just the yoga itself. It was a deeper connection. And that is actually what kept me going. Um, it was my teacher. And, mm. and you know, what's interesting is that I actually just posted an update on my Facebook page because one of my uh, dear friends who is just a, a new, new yoga teacher, you know, she was subbing for somebody this morning. And when she went to sub, one of the students that generally comes to class, I guess this person showed up and saw that it was a sub and left. Wow. And so her feelings were very hurt as you know, and this has happened to me when I'm subbing a class also students get very into their teachers because you get attached, you get attached (laughs) because you, you're somehow like in, in a way you're in a really intimate positions. You're, you're allowing your guard to go down in a way you're, you're sort of letting people touch you in places that, 
um, you wouldn't let anybody else touch you. And um, there's like a, it's not like there's anything um, like beyond the, the boundaries, like not your personal space is not really crossed. It's just that you're putting yourself in a very vulnerable position at times with a teacher. And so you open up and you're willing to step deeper for yourself. And when that teacher is not there, sometimes that's really tough. I know when I, my teacher moved out of town, I had a really hard time maintaining a practice that was away from my home practice. Because I, I sort of was like, I didn't want to trust anybody else. I didn't want to go to anybody else. I didn't want anybody else to teach me because I wanted him. <laughs> sure. Well, they're your mentor, right? Yeah, I mean, mentor. like you said, you've, you've made this connection. You've built this relationship. Right. If someone new comes in, right. you, know, you have to start all over again. Exactly. And those, those boundaries and the trust, it's not there yet. Exactly. So I could see how personally that could hurt as, you know, from the instructor's perspective. Right. Um, but understanding that by going through that experience yourself, you know, I think you, you can see why something like that would happen. Oh, totally. And like I, imagine if you went to like a therapist or even like a doctor and they're like, oh, they're out of town. You know, do you want to see this other person? And you're like, depending on who they are, you may not be comfortable with that. Exactly. Because you've opened yourself up to them, right? Yep. And so I, I can definitely see that. The interesting thing, and it's interesting you raise this is that there are different instructors on different days of the week. And I think it's amazing that a half a mile from where I live, I could have a potential of four different yoga instructors on any given week. That's really cool. I mean, they yeah. do they do class almost every single day, um, usually in the evenings and Saturday mornings. And, yeah, they said, oh, yeah, and in the summer we're doing a Thursday evening class as well. And I was like, well, that actually works better with my schedule on certain weeks. Right. So I don't even know if I would go on the same day. So um, developing that relationship could be key and instrumental right. in any further development, you know, because I, I would like to go back. Mm -hmm. I have such a busy schedule. I travel a lot that I don't want this to be something that I forget about. Yeah, and, 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 you, and that's another key aspect, too. Building the relationship is one of them. And I think that that gives you a little bit more like an internal um, way to connect. The other thing is that sometimes you do make it a priority like everything else, you know, and you say like every Thursday evening I'm going to do this, period. And then yeah. when you build that kind of momentum, sometimes it doesn't matter who the teacher is because there, I, I also do have students that have made it their regiment to just go to, you know, yoga three times a week or whatever at 6 o'clock in the afternoon and it doesn't matter who's there, they're just going to practice. Sure. You know, and then there's other students that just follow me around wherever it is that I'm teaching. So it's, it's a different thing for everybody to be able to make that connection. And, you know, I started practicing and then I fell away from it because it's, it's tough. It's like I, I started going to a few public classes and then I sort of got lazy and I didn't want to go anymore. And, and it really was when I found my teacher that it was a little bit easier for me to connect, to be honest. But I don't think that that's the only experience people have with it. Sure. No, it's, yeah. it's true. It is about dedication and priorities. For example, um, I almost never miss a wine tasting. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, see, you can see where my priorities are. It's like, but if I have them on the same night and I haven't paid in advance for either one of them, right. I think it's definitely a question of priorities. Yeah. Um, I, no, I, I definitely liked it. I, I will say this. I do think I made a few people in the room uncomfortable, though, because uh -huh. I was I was right there, right right with several women who look like they've been doing this for a while. Right. And, you know, they were kind of giving me looks, but I didn't let it get me down. I didn't right. let it discourage me. And, right. you know, 
I think there was one other guy there who was also, he and I were the two new people. Uh-huh. And so I thought that was interesting. Um, I've heard about these yoga classes for men, and I, I know you did a, a spot on this as well, um, I believe. But I don't, I don't think I'd be, I don't think I actually be comfortable in an all male setting. I think I actually prefer the co-ed setting for some right. reason. Well, I don't know why. Really, I just do. That's really interesting. That's very, very interesting. And I, yeah, I never thought about it that way. There was a, you know, there was a moment too that with some of my, I generally have, of course, a lot of women and. I'm, in my in certain classes in other classes I'm getting a little bit more of a balance uh, mm. to, to men and women which is great but for one of them I'm interested because all of these ladies are over 50 sometimes over 60 yeah. and they all want their husbands to go do it oh wow and so but their husbands of course don't want anything to do with it no, of and course so then not. I thought, like, you know, I wonder if I could offer just like a husband class <laughs> yeah know? sure and if they would be okay with that and but yeah, I think that it depends on what you want. I'm not even sure if they would want, but I actually didn't ever thought about that. That's a really great insight that you would prefer that in a way. Um, was it because you just felt more comfortable in that in the mixed environment as opposed to just focusing on the male aspect of it? Or I think so, and I think if it's going to be all men, and this is a sweeping stereotype, right, I right. feel like it's going to become incredibly competitive, oh, especially I see. if there's a female instructor. Right. Because oh, we're okay. all going to be vying for her attention, and right. we're all going to be competing against each other, and we're all going to want to, you know, work harder than the next guy, and it's 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 basically going to become like a pissing contest. Oh, very. You know what? I never even thought about it that way. <laughs> Whereas, yeah. Here's the thing, though. When when you're in when you're in there with coed, I think it's also like you know you kind of want to you want to put your best foot forward if you're around women. Right. If you're a guy, and this is sort of my perspective. Not all men feel this way. But, particularly not all straight men feel this way right. but like you know the idea is that like i feel like if, if if i can watch if i can watch how the women are doing it like we have different bodies you know right. different physiology whatever we're not going to get into it but right. i think ultimately i feel like if i can blend into a larger group where there isn't a focus on it being gendered right. it's more about the overall experience for all of us right um also it doesn't hurt to be around a lot of women right uh, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And and you know what, I, I hadn't thought about it either because obviously each one of us has certain qualities that are different than one another. Sure. And I think that for yoga, for men, finding a sense of softness is key. Yes. You know, a, a little more like what you would call flexibility, not necessarily just in your body, but right. in the whole way, a little more gracefulness, a little more like feminine qualities. But with the exactly. women, what's really interesting is that women need to get the other qualities the strength the drawing yes. in the you know the power and there were some strong and powerful ladies at that class yeah. i will tell you that and it was it was all ages but i mean i was i was watching some of the things that they were doing and i was like wow yeah and i think that that's what's so lovely about yoga because it doesn't matter it really is about um equal in men and yes. women it's all about strength and flexibility and and it's always the same. It's like there's no competition. It's like it's not like men can do this better than the women. It's like it's hard all the way around. <laughs> and it shouldn't. And it shouldn't be a contest. Right. And you know, I, I definitely liked that aspect of like you know being being surrounded by just people who were enthusiastic about yoga. I mean, that's really what it was. Yet on the flip side, I think that was one of the bigger factors that kept preventing me from going was that I felt like I was going to be the only guy. I was going to become a center of attention, which I which I normally love, but in this case I would shun because I don't want to be under the spotlight. I felt like 
everyone would be watching me and it would just be this incredibly uncomfortable experience of like women like just judging me and being like you're doing this completely wrong why are you ruining our experience and like no one really said anything to me which was really cool uh-huh yeah um, it's, there's something kind of cool about that that, that yeah. you could just totally go in there and do and do something like that that's like neat. african dance was fun because there were like two guys including myself and like we would just that was a workout i mean that was just 90 minutes of intenseness and i remember i had to walk up these two huge flights of steps up a hill to get back to my dorm room uh-huh. and my legs just felt like jelly Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh, that's how I knew it was a good workout. With this one, when I walked home, I felt really good, and I don't think I felt anything until about the next day, but that, that's because I'm a bit out of shape. Right, right. And, uh, I feel a lot better about it, but uh, I did want to actually tell you a little bit of what finally brought me to the point where I decided to go. Please, please. To yoga, because this is something I've wanted to do for years. So um, I don't know if you're familiar with agile software development at all. Yes. Okay, cool. So for those of you listening who aren't familiar with it, and to give you an idea of how I've applied this to my life, in agile software development, what you do is you take a long list of what are called customer stories. You know, as this person, I would like to do this specific activity so that I can accomplish this purpose. So a friend of mine, actually Danny Cutler, who does the Truth Seekers podcast, she lives out in Arizona, we decided we were going to take this principle of Agile and we were going to apply it to our lives. And what we did was we each wrote a personal backlog of stories, things that we wanted to accomplish. And one of the first stories I wrote was, I want to go to yoga so that I can control my anxiety in a non-medicated manner, like I mentioned almost verbatim earlier. Right. And what we do is every month we create what's called a sprint which is a collection of stories. We size them to determine how many we can do per month. And then we try to check in as often as we can. It's not always daily, but it should be in a daily scrum or stand-up. We talk for five minutes and we say, what did you do yesterday? What are you working on today? And is there anything blocking you? Are there any blockers? And so we've gotten so many things accomplished from her redoing an entire room in her home to me going to yoga. And I kept putting yoga in my sprint And I kept never going. And I would find one excuse after the next. It's raining. I'm tired. I'm going to a wine tasting. You know, like all these stupid things that I would say that would get in the way. And then we were on the phone this week. And she says to me, I really want you to cross yoga off your list this week. Can you go tomorrow night and not come up with any excuse? Wow. We had gone through this probably ten times before over the last four months. Uh Uh-huh. And I said to her, I am going on Wednesday night. And you saw I posted on Twitter and I said, there's nothing getting my way. I'm finishing work on time. I'm making dinner right away. I'm getting everything ready. The only thing I forgot was to take the water I had prepared in the fridge. And I was sorry I didn't do that. But I think it was this agile development, this agile lifestyle, as I call it, that I think brought me to this. Because if we hadn't done that, there's a whole long list of things I never would have done, um, some of which include improving my social life to fixing things around the house that have been lingering for six months. How fantastic is that? Picking up the phone and making a phone call I should have made three months ago to make an investment. I mean, things like this that if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. And what we do is it's very much like having a workout buddy, but it's completely mental. And that's what it was for me is that there was this giant mental block that I was putting in front of myself saying – 
I don't want to do this. And the, and she actually helped point this out for me was that one of the one of the reasons why I avoid doing things is because I'm a perfectionist and I avoid doing things because of a fear of failure. Huh. And going to class proved that there really is no failure here. Mm-hmm. When I was doing this Hatha yoga, for me, it was more about getting more in touch with my body, getting more in touch with my breathing, and clearing my mind. And when I walked out of there, I didn't think about anything else that I had done that day. On that walk home, I just remember feeling great. And I, I can almost never say that I feel great. A lot of the time I feel good, I feel okay, I feel whatever, I feel blah. But on that walk home, I actually felt great. See, that's awesome. That is yeah. that is like a, a really wonderful insight. I think I'm going to have to make, maybe I'll have that be one of my themes, this whole agile, agile lifestyle thought process. Business. Yeah, we've been doing it for a while now. I've even talked to Danny about like maybe doing micro sprints where we do like two weeks and we see if we can get like one or two things done. Because if you put it in for the month, you tend to cram and get it done at the end. Yeah, yeah. But it's really, it's such a great feeling when you can cross something off on your list. Like a lot of podcasters could do a lot of the things Danny's doing. Like she wanted to do a monthly show. So now she divided her show into headlines and into the main show. And now she's releasing a show every week. Whereas in the past, it was once a month at best. Wow, yeah. No, it, it actually is it, very, very, very helpful to be able to do stuff like that. Wow. Kind of a to-do really cool. list with yeah, accountability. Like, yeah. <gasps> and everything is in a bucket. So I say, like, here's self-improvement. Here's house. Another thing for me was driving. As a new driver, um, I just got a car, my first car in September. Nice. Congratulations. And I said, I want to drive to New York. And last weekend, I drove to Hartford round trip. Uh, over the course of two days, and that was the furthest I've ever driven, and it's over 100 miles each way. You're talking to someone who eight months ago had driven zero miles. That's awesome. Zero, and now I have over, I have almost 2,500 on my car. Good for you. Which for me is huge because, I mean, I never, I usually would take the bus or the train, and now I feel like really ready and pumped to make the trip to New York. So these were things that were on my list, things as simple as backing out of a parking space to going into Boston once a month. I now go into Boston six times a month. That's awesome. That's <laughs> I mean, very, very cool. Very, so very cool. So this really does work, but you cannot do it on your own. You need yeah. someone pushing you, and you need to push someone also. That's really cool. Maybe we could do that. If we do something with this, Scott, you'll definitely, we'll name it after you. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just awesome. really glad that I was able to do that. And I felt like if I hadn't done Agile Lifestyle... I never, ever would have even considered going to yoga. And it was always one of those things in the back of my mind, kind of like getting a massage, which was also on my list. Required absolutely no effort other than picking up the phone. And a lot of it has to do with being comfortable with your body. Mm -hmm. Um, When you get a massage, someone touches, when you get a full body massage, they touch every part of your body. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from your fingertips to your toes. Right. And that could be uncomfortable for a lot of people. And I finally did it, and now I'm, I'm addicted. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's yeah, it blows you away, all these little tiny things that you get a chance to kind of do. Well, Scott, thank you so much for sharing all this. I Thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming. And will you let us know where we can find you, all the different fun places that we can find you and get to know yeah, you Yeah, absolutely. So my website is scottjosephson.com. You can hear all the different shows I've been on. I've got one other website, which is podantics, P-O-D-A-N-T-I-C-S.com. That has my pod play, Desolate Metropolis, and a work I did last year called Passages, where I took short stories that I wrote between 2004 to 2006, 
I set them to music and I had my friends, many of whom are podcasters, read them and I used Podsafe Music to underscore them. Ooh, that sounds those awesome. are organized thematically, so you can listen to those on that website. On Twitter, I am Scotty J. It's a private feed, so you will have to request me as a friend, but let me know who you are, and uh, you know I will consider adding you absolutely. Yay, cool. And uh, I just want to say thanks again for you know for letting me open up like this and talk about my experience because yeah. um, I'm looking forward to exploring this more. I'd like to go back to yoga. I'm gonna. Uh, take a little time off for travel, but I do I do want to go back, and maybe we can catch up in the future and hear how things are going. That would be awesome. I would love to have you back. So you just let me know when you're ready, and we'll put you on again. Sounds great. Okay, thank you so much, Scott, and good, good, good. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. And that brings it all to an end. Thank you tons for listening. If you have any questions, problems, insights, send it along over to eyogaclass at gmail.com or you can call me at 310-651-6238, 310-651-6238. You can also join the Facebook community at facebook.com slash Elsie's Yoga Kula or follow me on Twitter. I'm at Yogeek. Stay tuned for another class coming very soon. Hope to um, practice with you. Bye-bye.